Jane. Good morning and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and uh, things affecting older Australians. Good morning, Steve. How are good you? Good morning, Paula. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. And That's I'd good. like to say too that we have a new sponsor. Oh, really? Yeah, Aftercare Australasia. Fantastic. And now the major sponsor of The Age Stage. Ah, welcome aboard. Yes, and so we welcome them to the RPP family and uh, look forward to many interesting sessions with those people. Indeed, mm. indeed. Mm. Paula, I've been sick as a dog the Have last you? couple of weeks. I've really? been so sick. What's been the problem? I've had the flu. Now, some people say it wasn't mm. the flu. Some people say it's a viral infection going around. Mm-hmm. All I know is two weeks ago, I was sitting in the uh, RWP Studio 3 mm-hmm. recording a radio play of all things. Oh, that's When all of a sudden my head started pounding and aches and pains and mm. fevers. And I drove home that night and I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm really feeling quite ill here. Mm. Now, it wasn't sniffling nose or anything Mm -hmm. like that, although there's a very dry cough that comes with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the next day, which was the Friday, I was laid out. I couldn't get out of bed. I had fevers. I had aches and pains. And here I am almost two weeks later, and I'm still (coughs) struggling to get past it all. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's it's a a very bizarre thing. And apparently a lot of people are getting this. I'm hearing stories from lots of people. Yes. Look, the flu, have you had the flu shot, Steve? No, I no, haven't. No, nor have I, and I don't intend to, and I don't want to, and no. that's controversial in itself. Yes. Um, because I think that we have the most incredible immune system mm. and pharmacy in our brain that ever, ever was devised. Yes. Um, and so I believe, and it's only my belief, that um, whatever our body uh, manifests, we can deal with it and uh, a lot of people view that as being very foolish um, it, it's a controversial it is very point. controversial in my experience everyone that I know who's ever had a flu shot including my parents mm-hmm. always get horribly sick, sick. afterwards I know. I my just father did too horribly sick terribly sick whereas I, I just recently spoke to someone who absolutely thinks the flu shots are absolutely Best vital mm. and everyone should have one mm. I've always had a bit of an issue with with vaccinations in general, and my, my major issue is is that usually the idea behind vaccinations. Correct me if I'm wrong, not being a medical person here, mm-hmm. but the idea is to give you a bit of the disease or the flu or whatever the vaccination's for, mm-hmm. so your body will help build up antibodies immunity. and immunity mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Well, my argument has always been, well, you know, if I'm going to catch the flu, I'm not going to catch it by someone pinpricking me with a needle. You know, I'm going to catch it by something floating in the air yeah, and stuff. That's right. And usually what I'm catching floating in the air hasn't been cultivated in a, in a test tube somewhere. Exactly. You know, and so I don't know how realistic that is as an yes. idea. Now, once again, medical people say, well, it's absolutely realistic. Yes. Whereas other people say, well, no, it's not because mm. it's an unnatural process mm-hmm. trying to co- combat a natural process. That's you right. Know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I, th- I think the jury's out really on a lot of it. Yeah, I believe so too. Mm. Um, I, I'm like you. Everybody that I've ever come in contact with that's had the shot has been so ill. Yeah. And yeah. I find that just fascinating. Why yeah, would you do that? Exactly. And, you know, I look at, once again, talking about my parents, they're in their uh, 70s now. Mm. Um, 
they're getting to the age where they're becoming quite frail mm. and, and all that sort of stuff. Fortunately, they've still got many good years left mm. in them yet, but mm. uh, give them 10 years, mm. 15 years maybe, mm. you know, a flu shot that will make them very, very ill, Ill. Um, is almost a, a dangerous thing, you know. Yes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm talking to them now, I'm saying, are you sure you really want to do yeah. this? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think you have to look at things, you know, are you a person who suffers you know, constantly with bronchitis or, you know, flu-like flu symptoms? Mm, mm. Um, or are you a really healthy type of person who is very fortunate not to come down with even a cold, yeah. as I am? I'm very lucky like that. And mm. um, But I have a, a different opinion about the mind, the connection of the mind to heal the body. Right. And... And the connection with the mind to be able to manifest illness in our body mm. based on what we're thinking and what we're experiencing. If our thoughts are toxic, you can bet we're going to manifest some sort of toxicity within the body. That's absolutely, it's even, it's scientific proof. Mm. So, um, well, it's, it's interesting. I haven't been sick like this for for a decade. Mm. Like, uh, I, I, mm. one of those people who very rarely gets yep. sick. But I've been in a house of people that were all sick. Yeah. And so my mentality for the last couple of weeks was, I'm not going to get this, I'm not going to get this, yeah. I'm not going to get this. But I don't yeah. think my brain heard that, I'm not going to. Yes, that's <laughs> It just right. had yeah. to get this. Get this. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. like, you know, my mindset was, this is around me and I'm vulnerable. Yes. And so, so I became vulnerable. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, what we fear comes upon us sort of thing. But your concentration um, was on the fact that all these people were around you and yeah. you were so desperate not to get it. You actually... I did get it, yeah, mm. yeah, we, which was not pleasant, and for anyone that has had it, uh, mm. you have my full sympathy. Yes, um, but absolutely. But they, they say here in a little report that I was just reading earlier that it's actually been a, a fairly mild system, but uh, um, a season for the flu, mm. yet that's not necessarily been my experience. Mm. Like, you know, most people I know have been very ill in the last month or so, at least mm. anyway, yeah. Yes, and, and about this time of year we do see... A lot of people with, you know, and, and, and I think the flu as a term is bandied around really, mm. you know, uh, easily too, because it's not always the flu. No, that's it right. It can yeah. be a very bad cold or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, but I haven't come in contact with a lot of people that have actually had the flu. Mm. Um, yeah, you're probably the first person that I've right, heard. Right. Describe those symptoms. Mm. Yeah, not so. pleasant. That's all. No, I can, say. I can yeah. imagine it wouldn't be, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's the ongoing dry cough that uh, yes. is really tricky there. Yes. So uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So for all those people out there, please stay warm and rugged yes. up and uh, yeah. keep up whatever you do to yeah. try to avoid. <laughs> yeah, <this>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we have an interesting guest on the show shortly. We do. We have um, Pam Dined is joining us today and Pam is the secretary of RWPFM uh, and works very diligently mm. for us here, which we're very grateful for. Indeed. And she's going to be talking to us about the frustration she's experienced with um, trying to get her husband into uh, respite, right. who's actually been assessed as a Category 4 Ooh. but is uh, being treated as a Category 2, I believe, on the aged care package. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, very. She's finding a lot of that. frustrations. Yeah, yeah it, it must be a very difficult time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's especially, um, I know that 
it's about placements and, mm. and finding placements, mm. isn't it? Yes. So, um, yeah, it and is. yet I was interested, we were talking a few weeks ago about the fact that it's only like what, something like 5% of people are actually in aged care or something. Yeah, they're the figures the that they're giving us. Yeah, which is yeah. so much smaller than yeah, I thought it would exactly. be. And I, I thought there'd be so many more people in aged care, but yeah. apparently not. Yeah, I had a, a visit with um, the lovely people from Ryman Aged Care um, and um, was looking at a facility that they're building that a 700 is going to hold 700 wow. residents. That's right. This building it, that I looked at, it's monstrosity. Mm. You know, it's <laughs> ma- you know, just huge. Mm. Um, and uh, it's going to be an amazing uh, facility for the residents, you know, mm. that's 700 people. Wow, that's, that's huge. a lot. It's massive, isn't and it? we, you know, we are we're living longer. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. We'll probably have a bit to talk about we that later will. on. Yes. Let's go to a break, and okay. we'll come back with Pam. Let's do that. Today yeah. we're going to talk about um, some frustrations that have been experienced by our next guest, which is Pam Dine. Welcome, Pam. Yeah, well, welcome, thank Pam. you for inviting me in. You're welcome. And uh, Pam is actually secretary of RPPFM, so she's a, a really valued member of uh, our community here. And Pam's going to talk today about the frustrations that she's faced in finding respite for her husband. Um, so, Pam... Yes, well, well, that has been a, a roller journey, coaster, a roller coaster journey, mm. um, trying to find a respite for my husband over, over a number of years. Mm. And I think it started about five years ago when he started to deteriorate a little in those days. And yeah, sorry, Pam, just for the audience, uh, what is your husband's uh, situation? Oh, now? my husband's situation is that he's, um, now 90, and point eight months, right? <laughs> Ninety years, point eight. Yeah, mm. he's telling everyone. Uh, he, he has always he hasn't got dementia, but his body's aging through right. ill health, um, with um, lots of problems there, and it's just been very difficult being twenty four seven. Oh, the, the biggest thing, issue is that he's blind. Well, he's mm. legally blind. Right. He's got thirty percent. Mm sight in one eye and the other eye he can't see anything so I have to um, do everything for him right. so he can't even get his clothes out of the wardrobe because he can't see what it, what's in there or make mm. a cup of tea because it's too dangerous mm. or get him to do a meal because he can't see so that's that's mm. my f- biggest um Problem. And has he been categorised in, uh, you know, like given a rating from? Yes, he has yeah. been assessed by assessed, my yep. aged care. Um, he's been um, high care, mm-hmm. a level four. Um, and so is that the highest level? That's the go? highest level mm-hmm. under yep. the new yeah. yeah. my aged yep. care um, okay. assessments. Um, although he should be at uh, level four, um, they're saying. You know, we'll start him off at level two, quite happy to do level two, and we'll sit on the wait list. These are the people from the aged care at Mount Eliza. Now, is that because there's no room at level four? Yes, there's no, um, there's no packages, um, around for level four. Everyone's on a wait list. And Sid's been on a wait list now for 18 months. My goodness. And two weeks. At level four. At, no, at level, level two. Level two at the moment, waiting for level Level four. four. Even um, though he's been assessed and classed yes. as level four. Oh, wow. 
And so this is a big frustration. And sure. when I heard mm. that the government was going to offer more home care packages, we were all thrilled. But at the present time, it seems that there are it's another 18 months wait for him to be offered a home care package. My goodness. And he's already been on the wait list for 18 months. Wow. So to get to a level 2-3, he has, um, well, as I said, he's been on the... The uh, wait list for now nine months or twelve months, eighteen mm. months. Yeah. Um, he still has to wait another nine months. Um, wow. That's the wait list. So uh, it's very difficult. So, and so how do you cope with that, Pam? How, like, <laughs> what do you do for your for respite? For, for respite, yeah. well, at one stage I hadn't had respite for two years, uh, being a twenty twenty four seven carer. So I. Um, I just coped. I just had to cope because there was no help. I mm. don't have um, a big family and I don't have siblings, so mm. there was no one to help. And Sid hasn't got, well, his siblings, if he's 90, mm. he's the eldest of 12. Mm. Well, the, he's the only living one at, at that age mm. out of, uh, I think there's three of them left out of mm. it. Mm. There were 12 siblings in the wow. family. Wow. So I just, um, just ring around and try and get... Um, some respite. So fortunately, I was able to find um, a Brotherhood of St Lawrence in Frankston. If you're a Frankston resident, mm. you can um, apply to go into, into their respite area, which has six rooms. Not mm. many people know about it. It's sort of a closed um, closed centre. Mm -hmm. um, and he, I was able to get that a few weeks ago for him to go in for a week while I had a break for five five days up in Queensland to get away from this cold weather. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd had respite for over over two years. So wow. um, it's a long time to cope. And mm. um, I just can't understand why the government don't offer more for people with respite. Yeah, you know, for respite. Mm -hmm. um, Is it a lack of facilities, Pam? Well, there's one respite. Uh, there's one aged care facility um, in our area in the on the peninsula. They have 130 rooms, and they have three rooms that they can offer for respite. Wow! Out of 130 rooms, so I won't name the the organisation, but I'm grateful that I've been able to get Sid into respite there mm. in the coming weeks so that I can have two weeks off. So, mm. so um, that's just for two weeks. That's mm. just for two just weeks. For so two the weeks. block is two weeks. So he's been assessed for 63 days respite for a year. Mm -hmm. In each year it doesn't roll over, it just starts again. Um, once he's had the 63 days, which... <laughs> I mean, he's never had 63 days in a, mm. in a year ever. Yeah. Um, it, um, it, it, we could add, we could, I could apply for another 21 days and then another 21 mm. days and then it might run out. Okay. But there's all these different codes. It's a minefield actually. And mm. I've, yeah, I find it very difficult. And Pam, have you looked at putting Sid or trying to get Sid into a permanent, um, aged care facility? Well, just recently, um, I, the doctors at the hospital uh, said that he should go into permanent care mm -hmm. um, because he had been very sick. Um, I, I then was able to get... They, they rang around the social workers at the hospital, were very good, and they found respite for him because I felt that he needed two weeks' respite before he came home. Um, it was... Uh, 
it was the doctors who suggested that he have permanent care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really some of these respite, these aged care facilities are just really there to, wanting to sell the rooms. And they, the rooms cost you from anything from, um, 400 to up to, you know, a million dollars for a room, which you get back mm-hmm. when the person vacates the room. Mm-hmm. But how you go about finding that half a million dollars, say I'm just talking half a million because mm. it's easy to discuss, mm. is another minefield because if you're a, if you're a, a self-funded retiree, it's a user pay. The government wants you to spend all your savings um, to pay for aged care. So we're no longer saving up to, for our retirement. We're really saving up to go into aged care, care uh, when the time comes. So, And as we know, so many people haven't put away a lot of money no, in this generation. Mm, that's so right. they're going to get stuck out. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the, you know, people who have just got a pension and don't own a home, um, that's fine. They'll find a room. The government have rooms in, you know, that are set aside for, um, the gov, you know, for people on the pension that have nothing. Mm. But a story was told to me from an aged care facility that there was this, this lady, um, who had a house and, um, and the pension, which is fine. And she needed to go into aged care. So off she went into a permanent care. And they sold the house and she lost a pension and she lived off the age of her, uh, the Savings. income from, you know, the mm. money from the sale of the house. Um, and till that was all used up, but then she was given the aged pension of which they take 85% of that for her mm. care in nursing homes, mm. aged care facilities. So it's a, it's So my, she's had a house. Yes. You know, all her life. Yes. She, she's worked hard to yeah. her and her family to ha- to have a house and she's had to sell that to put herself into aged care and yeah. she gets into aged care and so and as we know we're living longer and longer mm. and longer yeah and yes. longer <laughs> and so the money runs out and then she's living on the pension of well she's actually living on a small percent what 15 percent of the yeah pension. 15 percent which doesn't buy many extras like shampoo mm. or have your hair cut or oh or have your hair done um, oh, wow. it's, it's really, it's really mind boggling. Mm. So even if you have to put up half a million dollars and you don't have it, like it's in assets, then, um, you have the payment of interest on that half a million. The aged care facility, I believe, will charge you the interest, maybe six and a half percent. I've had that bandied around six and a half percent on that half a million. So of your money, of your yeah, you have to find that to pay. You yeah. know that yeah, you, you borrowed half a million. Yeah. So you probably mm. even if you mortgaged your house or your apartment, you would still have to pay the interest on mm. that loan. Yes. So that's what the aged care facilities are looking at: that you pay interest on that money that half a million, mm. uh, which you get back when that person vacates that room, mm. but you're still paying interest. Mm. Um, and, and, and like, it, you're looking at three, well, it depends on how much, how many assets you've got because mm. you're looking at something like 3,000, I was looking at something like three to four thousand dollars a month that I would have to find to pay out of, out of my income or mm. our income to pay for his living in a nursing home on a permanent basis, mm-hmm. um, to pay the interest off. 
Right. Well, I mean, and how do I, how does one how person you? live? How yeah. am I going to live? Yeah, how am right. I going to pay all this money to yeah. stay in my own yeah. home? They won't yeah. take my home away from me, yeah. but I have to live in it. So, yeah. Yeah. it's a minefield. Yes. It's very, very fr- frustrating is yes. the word. Yeah. It's a good topic for this show. Yeah, and I think people, you know, certainly we're seeing more and more people that are so frustrated by the system. They, they don't know how to navigate around my gov and, um, you know, my age care, um, websites and things like that and get the, they, you know, getting different information from different people. Um, and so I can see how, and people, you know, at our age and older, you know, become really confused about the whole situation. Well, my husband, when, when he heard about the finances was it very much distressed him. Mm. He was terribly distressed. And mm. can you imagine a, a person who's 90 years of age being told that, you know, that he's all his, all the money that his assets that he's worked for all his life had tried to maintain a standard of living so that he didn't go on the pension. Mm. Um, it's going to be taken away from him if he goes into permanent care. So mm. I just brought him home. Mm. Yeah. And when I rang up my, my aged care, they said, but he should be in a, he, he's in permanent care. I said, no, he's not. Mm. I said, you have to change your, your records because he's at home. I'm looking mm. after him. Mm. And that's when I decided then that I would have to find more respite so that mm. I had more, um, days, uh, or hours, and it's only hours, um, of a rest period so that I could have my own life mm. and do my own things to keep my own sanity. Mm. And of course, you know, to keep my sanity, I joined the happy family of Radio Port Phillip. <laughs> a very wise choice <laughs> indeed. Yeah. So wise. Let, yes. Let's, um, ladies, let's have a little quick break. Okay. Uh, you're listening to RWPFM. This is the age stage and we'll be back right after this. Yeah. Okay, welcome back to the age stage and we're talking with Pam Dine and talking about the frustrations of finding respite and uh, the issues that she's had to deal with, uh, with her husband and placing him into care. Um, and, and, and I must say, Pam, too, that, you know, there's a lot of couples out there that, um, partners are not so with it and lucid and, and up to date with, uh, you know, computers and, and all sorts of things and, um, you know, relating to different authorities that must just slip through the system and do what they're sort of told to do and find themselves in all sorts of financial difficulty. Well, that's right, Paula. Um, I was told uh, by one of the aged care facilities, um, take this brochure and bring these people. And I said, who are these people? And they said, well... These people are financial advisors for people who need to get someone into aged care. And I said, how much do they charge? And they, they, I was told they charge anything from 500 to 2000 oh, dollars as a consultation fees mm, for getting that, for getting yeah. that money for you. Well, that was a horror. Oh, that was a horror. Mm, I, yeah. I, I just freaked out with mm, that. Mm. And I thought, well, I think I'm clever enough to be able to work all this yeah. out and just make some inquiries. Fortunately, I'm much younger than my husband and, mm. and he's, uh, he's a wizard because he was the CEO of a public company. So, um, he, he's um, got all these faculties, oh, so he knows where the dollar is, has. and which is so good. Yeah, yeah. So I then decided that I needed to find um, a, go. We'll go back earlier, mm-hmm. trying to find respite. Um, 
a lot of the places around the peninsula will take you the first time and then say you're welcome back at any time but when you go to when you ring them to try and get a, a booking they don't do respite i mean i was under the understanding that every aged care facility was supposed to have a few rooms that mm. were for respite mm. so that was rather disappointing and then I put him into another place, uh, booked him in, uh, which were very good because I was having surgery a couple of years ago and uh, they were able to do the two weeks. So it's only a two-week block for mm. respite and mm. then you renegotiate with the organisation outside that two, that, tw- that 14 days. So mm. I was able to get um, six weeks actually, six yep. weeks respite um, for that particular time. But the next time I went to go back there, and uh, they were renovating mm. um, because they need to keep their credit, their ratings up. Yeah. So mm. um, that was another problem. And then I heard about um, the banks here, you know, run by the Brotherhood of St Lawrence. But a year ago, they ch- they were their facility changed from aged care or whatever they were then to cottage care. So that's another category. So wow. I mean, didn't even know about cottage care or what they offered. Mm. But there's only three of those in, in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, those sort of organisations that can um, sort of, you could go and stay one night mm-hmm. or you can stay for two nights, three nights, yeah. or you can stay for two up to two weeks. There mm. we go with the t- this two-week mm. block yeah. again. Yeah. But um, that, that's, that's um, been a godsend, and I must say that uh, he really enjoyed that. There were only three three people in that uh, in Banksia at the time for mm. that week, and um, they were able to get up whenever they felt like getting up, and their meals were cooked, whatever they wanted mm. to eat. They were, if they decided they wanted mm. bacon and, and eggs at eleven o'clock in the morning, that mm. chef would cook for them. Yeah. So it was a pleasant place. But That's you great. know, they don't have a lot of staff, but the staff they have are very dedicated. Yeah. And so Pam- you really have to shop around, and you really have to make lots of phone calls, and you have to do a lot of talking out there yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. And what about um, in-home care? You know, we hear a lot about, you know, keeping people in their homes and so having, you know, people come in and do, you know, does that give you any respite? Um, The Frankston Council through the aged care, um, my aged care, um, allow four hours, uh, two hours a week. Two hours two a week. Two hours a week. So I tried the two, I, I was allocated, mm. or Sid was allocated two hours. So I tried this two hours to go to the Frankston Shopping Centre when they were actually renovating. You can remember back, mm. you know, about 18 months ago mm. when, the, when the mess was going yeah. on, so you couldn't find a park. Mm. So I went down, I, I, by the time I got there, I navigated my way through the mess. Mm. I, I just turned around and drove out again and I went home and told the carer that she could go because there was no way that I could shop and do my shopping mm. in two hours, hours mm. in Frankston. I mean, mm. I live five minutes away from the shopping centre. Mm. So I phoned up the Frankston um, people, Frankston Council, mm. and I said, this is not going to work. I need four hours if the, once a fortnight would mm. be great. Mm. Instead of the two hours a week, four hours a fortnight. Mm. So we now have four hours a fortnight. So that's better. At least in four hours, I can go to Frankston <laughs> Shopping Centre. I can do the supermarket bit mm. and I can get home and maybe I'll get home at quarter to five. So mm. they come in at one o'clock till five o'clock and that's, uh, 
Yeah, once mm. every two weeks. And do they help with any of the chores of the house? Do, do they do clean? No, for that's you another or... thing that you have to be assessed for. Oh my goodness! Um, everything's everything <laughs> has to. They come out and they look at the house and they see how many rooms you have, how long it would take for a cleaner to come in, um, and the cleaner comes once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. If Sid's not home, maybe he's in respite, mm-hmm. or he's going out the driveway in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. They won't come in the door. He, the age, the package is in his name. So even though I can't do the housework because yeah. of my um, problems, they will just turn around and walk down the driveway. So tomorrow I'm going to be assessed. So I'll come back on this show and I'll tell you how I went being yes. assessed through yes, my indeed. aged care and, and the council okay. because that'll be an episode. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how they're going to juggle it when two of us are on a, yes. on a mm. program. Do yeah. they come every week and do the housework or mm. do they, um, mm. They still stick to every fortnight, so it's only once every together, two weeks, yeah. and they yeah. will only make one bed if you have single beds. Mm. Oh my goodness! Change the linen on one mm. bed. Oh, it's, it's very, it's very, very difficult, and they only clean the wet areas. I mean, they vacuum and they mm. clean the areas, and they they're very strict with their timing on how long a cleaner will stay. You know, in your on your property, mm-hmm. so it's very minimal support. Yeah, really, it's minimal it? support, yeah. but at least it's something, and we all have to appreciate the fact that there's just a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Indeed. yeah, that's quite amazing because I, I've said on the program before. You might remember last year I broke my wrist. Yes, and because I live on my own, I was no sooner home, and then on the Thursday and Friday there was a cleaner, a, a lady, who said she'd been you know, told by the hospital because I live on my own to come and I wasn't to do the vacuuming or do the bathroom things that she did those two areas, which was fantastic. But I thought, well, I, you know, I thought, well, I could do this one-handed, which I... You can't. No, you couldn't. <laughs> you can't no, do it. Nobody, has, well, maybe they did assess my situation at some level, but nobody asked me. I wasn't in... I was quite shocked. Well, in actual fact, you, door. you would have been... The social worker would have come to you at some time during the, in the hospital stay, mm. um, or someone has spoken to the social Someone's worker spoken, to, to yeah. actually follow that up with yeah. the council yeah. to give you some help. Because um, if you go home by yourself, there's no one there. Yeah. I mean, how can you do anything? Yeah. And that's the situation that I have. If Sid's in, in care, um, who's going to do the housework for mm. me? Um, mm. One so one week I pay the council to come in for an hour and 20 minutes and then the next week I have a, a professional cleaner mm. comes in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's okay if you can afford it. But that's right, a lot of people are not in that situation. So they offer someone that. to um, the council to actually go and do shopping for you, yep. take you to medical appointments. Yep. So there's a lot of things there that can help you if mm. you if you haven't got... You know, if you're injured or something like that, or yes. you're out of action, or you live yeah. alone like you do. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, yeah it's well, not. One of our new sponsors on RPP are Aftercare Australasia. So they're going to be coming in and having a chat with us on, um, next week, I think. Next week's show. Yes. yes mm. Which will be really interesting. It so, will be. Yeah, yes. Tune in for that. I'll one. be tuning yeah, in. And good. also remember that we do have a podcast. We do. And we can go live streaming. Yeah. And if you haven't got a radio, just download the app yeah. on your, your phone, your smartphone, and you can listen to the program all day. That's, That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly true. <laughs> so I mean, we're, we might be a smaller station, but 
we're up with it. We're up with it. Yes, we are. All the equipment. And we have vision too. And we have vision. (laughs) That's right. We do, Paul. Growing exponentially. We are, aren't Mm. we? Yes. And our wondrous leader, who who is away at the moment, but he um, has great plans for Mm. the state. Great vision. Yes. Well, thank you, Pam, for coming in well, and, thank you and for chatting with us. us. And, I, and we look forward to you coming back and keeping yes, us informed. Yes, and finding out how your assessment yeah. went. Yes, yes. So I'm, I look Progress. forward to explaining about my assessment and what they offer me. Yes, okay. I will. Thank All you right. for having me. Thank Fantastic. you, Pam. Thanks, Pam. We'll go to a break and we come will. back after this. Okay. And welcome back to the Age Stage. And we're going to talk now, Steve, about funerals. Ah, yeah. funerals. Yeah. So there's been some talk about a decline in funerals. Um, I must admit I haven't been to many lately. No, that's true. I don't know. I haven't either, thank goodness. I tell you what, I have been going yeah. to a lot lately. I've been to a few hundred birthdays. I know, and isn't that amazing? Yeah, so yeah. less funerals, more birthdays. Yeah. What's that telling us? Yes, it means that... Drug companies are doing well. <laughs> They're doing maybe. very well. Maybe. Hanging out pills to keep us alive. <laughs> yeah. and so it's it's we're messing with the the system. <laughs> so there's been some interesting um, statements come out from people within the funeral industry um, about you know. We need. There was a statement made by we need people to die. Funeral <laughs> yes, businesses worry that. about <laughs> slowdown in deaths. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's an amazing statement. I can almost imagine that as a commercial. You know, funeral parlors are asking you to die. Please die. Keep our business going. You know, exactly. yeah, that's a catchy slogan. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so funeral celebrant Leonie Adams has been delivering memorial services across Victoria uh, for over the past two decades. And she's the one that stated we need people to die. Um, wow. Funeral businesses worry about the slowdown in deaths. Mm. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's quite interesting. But just like you say, there, you hear of so many people turning 100. Yes, and there's more and more people doing that. Yeah. I, I did hear some statistics not long ago, uh, and the amount of people getting to 100 now is just huge. Yes. Like, it's a massive amount. Yeah. You know? in, in the old days, the Queen used to send you a, a telegram. I don't know if yes. she still does, but yeah. I'd say she'd be really busy writing telegrams yes. at the moment yeah, because there's so many so. people getting there. Yeah, you know? well, that's right. So you wonder what... Where that's going to lead us in the future. Mm. You know, what's going to be the average age that people are going to live to? You know, I think, I think, I think 85 would be a nice time nice to time, make yeah. the transition. Mm. <laughs> I know a few people that are around the 90 age yeah. at the moment yeah. and, um, I must admit, I get a bit nervous, uh, mm. uh, you know, thinking about getting to 90 because most of the people I know that are in, in that age bracket are quite sharp mentally, yep. but physically it's very difficult. Right. And uh, it almost seems a bit um, unfair to a certain degree, almost a bit cruel sometimes to, to see some of them very sharp, minds there, yep. but, you know, they, they have trouble doing up their shoes or something. You That's know, right. Like, yeah, it must be awfully frustrating. Yes, you know? and one of our um, members of this radio station, Phil Johnson, his mother actually passed away last week ah. at 102. Oh, wow. Now, she had been in a nursing home for some years now, and she was head of the Scrabble club or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, the best Scrabble player you'd ever, right. you know, completely lucid, mm. but her body was breaking down. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have any disease as such. She just went to sleep. Her wow. body gave out. But, um, you know, it's, it's very sad when you see people who are very with it in their mind mm. and the body's breaking down around them. 
Yeah. I went to my auntie's 100th birthday a few weeks ago. Mm. And, uh, oh, she's as bright as, mm. as ever. Um, she looks a little frail physically, yep. but I sat down and have a great conversation with her. And yeah. uh, she was always one of my favorite aunties. And she was joking with me saying, mm. oh, you're my favorite. And all this <laughs> so, uh, like she was all there. She knew who everyone yes. was. She yep. was, you know, and, you know, feasibly, mentally, she mm. could go on for many years. Yes. But physically, yeah, that's right. you know, I don't know. You know like, yeah. She still lives by herself. She still walks to the shops every day. Wow. Uh, she has the different ones that she has to see. So she's doing very, very well for that age. Yes. But um, you wonder well, how much longer can, can she keep that up? Yes. You know? And what, and what happens when you get to that age? Do you wake up each day and think, I'm still here another day? Mm, you know, like mm. what's the time is getting closer and closer. We know, yeah. you know, statistically we're not going to live until, well, maybe there are some people who are still alive well into their hundreds. Mm. I'm, well, there are. I can't quote them, but there, I know there are in other countries. I was just thinking about this lady who was saying that, uh, you know, more people need to die something. <laughs> um, I, I would guess that if it's gone quiet now, if there's not as many people dying now, it's because they're living longer. That yeah. means that somewhere down the track, there's going to be a rush of people suddenly dying, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. So she's yes. going to be more than busy, busy then, isn't she? <laughs> That's right. There'll be a bank up. Oh, yes, isn't that? That could be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she may be complaining now about not Doing enough business, <laughs> but she'll have too much in the time to come. Yeah, yeah that's right. Indeed. So, yeah. Look, that, that, that's a very interesting thing. Um, I don't know um, if there's an answer for that one. Like, I suppose medical science is going to keep pushing the boundaries. Well, it is. And going to try and keep us alive. Yes. Maybe down the track they're keeping the mind alert. Maybe they'll be able to do things to keep the body more mm. healthy. I'm not sure. But, mm. um, yeah, as I'm getting older and being asked by people to start considering things like retirement and stuff, which just seems so oh. out of you know, yeah. reality that yeah. I don't, don't even think. But you have to consider these things, yeah. you know. And... Um, and seeing my parents now suddenly getting older and their friends older or dying, mm. you know, you start thinking to yourself, oh, shit, I'm mm. going to have to deal with this myself. So oh, yeah, I, that's know? right. You, when you get, what I notice is when you get to, and I never really think of age, I don't, but when you get to your 60s, you sort of start, I remember stopping one day and doing a bit of a calculation <laughs> thinking, wow, okay, uh, probably, what, maybe 25 years mm. left? Mm. You know, and so you, the, the, you, you have this sense of urgency. Of, well, I've, I've got to do this and I've got to see that and mm. I wanted to do this and that and the other. And, um, but also on the other side of that, there's a, a, it's a sense of liberation. Well, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've done quite a lot in my life mm. and it'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah. If the transition happened, mm. that's okay. You know, so yeah. Older age is quite liberating, I find. Interesting. I'm not quite there yet. No, I know you're uh, not. You're only a baby. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm although, preparing you. Although my mother keeps telling me, you know, if you live to 100, you're already past the halfway mark. So, you know, it's like, thanks, Mum. Yeah, I really need to hear that. I yeah. have to say, I think the 50s are the best time of life. I must admit, I'm enjoying my 50s. Oh, 50s yes. Are great. I'm enjoying yeah. them. I want them to last a bit longer, yeah, maybe another yeah. 15 years yeah. or something. Yeah. Because you still have that, that vibrant energy. And, exactly, yeah. yeah. Right.
Great time for us to make a move. It is. It yes, is. it's gone by quickly again. Yes, yes, it has. So we want to thank all our guests today. Or well, we had Pam Dine. Yes, in. Pam. Thanks for coming yep. in. That was thank wonderful. You. That yes. was fantastic. And we also want to thank our wonderful sponsor, new sponsor, um, Aftercare Australasia, and look forward to speaking to those to them on air. Yes, very soon, soon hopefully. Yeah, so uh, maybe even next week. Fingers yeah. crossed. So, yeah. yeah. So you have a great week, Steve. I will. I'll try and stop coughing and spluttering yes, and, uh, and be healthy again. <laughs> yes, indeed. And you have a good week too. I will. I'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye now.